What's up, y'all? It's Steve Ewing here, and I'm hanging out on the Blues Hockey Podcast. Jason along with Chris. Yo. Okay, we're back after a little bit extended absence. So mm-hmm. we had a we were gone out of town, which we we're gonna were. talk about that. We'll talk about the trip to Pittsburgh. Yep. Um uh we had some other stuff going on around both our houses, so we we're both very busy with that, <laughs> dealing with all that. Mm-hmm. So, but we're back uh, to talk about this uh craptastic of a blues team that's we're dealing with right now. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's not yeah, a lot of good, it's mainly just bad and ugly. Yes, it's been uh, rough, but we'll talk about our trip. We went to Pittsburgh to watch the game up there, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the arena. We'll t- talk about that stuff. We'll talk about the Blues' current slump slash play slash all good stuff. Um, a couple interesting articles came out, which we'll yeah, talk about that. Uh, you we'll could talk say about, that. Yeah, and we'll talk about just general comments. I think uh, I think last night's loss was the – I think Ruben at his wit's end. I think the coach literally doesn't understand what's going on. I mean, I don't think it's just him either. I think that it is a top to bottom thing, and we'll get into it when we get to that. But um, yeah, man, if I'm Craig Berube, I'm I'm looking around that locker room and pardon my language, but I'm like, you fuckers are going to cost me my job, and it ain't my fault. Yes, the Blues are technically right now. They sit with the tie for most games played. Believe it or not, now for this team, yeah. they've caught up in games played. Yeah, um, they're six in the Central, mind you. 24 points, but Arizona and Chicago have 24 and 25 games played, 18 points each. I mean, yeah. you're talking if those teams win at least a couple. Let's say Arizona wins three of those. They're win, They're up there. They're tied with you yeah. at least. Chicago is close. So, I mean, you're talking – you're basically the uh, almost one of the top five worst teams in – league right now well league i say west at least for sure i haven't looked at the latest power rankings as espn and nhl like to call them but i can't believe we're much higher than fifth from the bottom okay total points i'm just looking it up right now the blues sit 25th out of 32 mind you most of the teams underneath them except for anaheim and they're tied philly is one point behind them the same amount of games played um Here's what's crazy though, Jason, is San Jose is pretty crappy at 29 games away. But anyway, but yeah, they're not as, great. As as shitty as this team has played, we're four points out of third place in our own division. Now, granted, we have three more games played than Minnesota, and the way they play, I would expect them to win those three games. But you know, you this team if this team could win a handful of games. They're right back in the mix, but they're, it's not even that they're losing games. It is the effort or lack thereof that is just infuriating to watch. Mm-hmm. On how they can be, for example, I mean, they, they lost to Winnipeg twice now, but they've beaten, they've uh, beaten Colorado, who's in front of them. They've beaten the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle, who are in front of them. They've beaten Edmonton. I mean, they've beaten a lot of teams. Um. Yeah, I don't even. Is like I said, that's the way they're losing. So we got a lot of a lot of stats to throw at everybody right now, just just to gather. This is a mix of defense, and I'll be honest. Lately, Bennington has not been great. In the past, me and you have been very much like Jordan Bennington's been the only one playing really hard, which is which is been, true, which is true for most of the season. But I mean, the last two weeks, I think he's finally every goalie has at least a couple of games slump. Let's uh, for example, Ilya uh, Sorokin is statistically the best goalie in the fancy of my and all the fancy stats in the league right now by a long shot. And the Blues put seven up on him the other night. Well five with two empty netters. Yeah. To win, which is, you know, weird. Here's a thanks to uh, Thomas Welch on uh, Twitter for this one because I just thought this was a very good stat. Blues have allowed at least three goals against in all their last 14 losses. 
The Blues have allowed four goals in 12 of their last 14 losses and five goals in 10 of their last 14 losses. And yeah. another stat I heard on the radio last night and on Monday nights on the way home. Um, last season, the Blues let in um, five or more goals six times in 82 games. They've already it's reached ridiculous. That. They've already reached that mark in 25 games. Mind mm-hmm. you, we've had two games since then, and it's been more goals. So yeah. now you're up to like eight. And they have let in. This is the first game in eight games that we just lost last night. So we're recording after the Blues lost to Winnipeg five to two. Um, yeah. This is the first game that they have not let in three goals in one period in eight games. Yeah, and that was an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, just because I pulled it up, ESPN put out their new weekly power rankings today. Uh, the Blues dropped five spots this week from twenty to twenty-five, and every team said. gets a gets a quick little write-up, and it's just it's three sentences, and it says, in a word, mystifying. Everything about St. Louis's season gives you whiplash: the demoralizing eight-game losing streak, the resurgent seven-game win streak. Feisty Jordan Bennington picking fights, top players producing, and then not. Who are the real blues? And I don't the thing is, Jason, I don't think the blues know who the real blues are. I think they're stuck in the middle of an identity thing, which we've had in the past. So when they won the cup, they're uh, very, yeah, very, very they're very much a like hardworking. We didn't give you any space. Um, I know personnel is way different. We talked about that many a times at length. But I think the main thing is that playing style is gone. And you haven't had, yes, there's been roster turnover. We've talked about that. But the key guys are still there. The Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Braden Shen, uh, Colton Pareko, uh, back on the, the defense has had a lot more turnover compared to what it was in the past. Robert Bertuzzo is still back there. Jordan Bennington is in that. I mean, you have a lot of the same guys to a degree. I mean, Thomas was on that team. Yeah, we Tyra was a black ace. I mean, you had you, so guys that were around in that culture were there in 2019 and three years, almost three and a half years now, it's gone. Like that identity is gone. And they don't know if they want to be a heavy hitting, heavy team anymore, or if they want to be a speed and skills team. They kind of seem like they like don't like line even line the line, they don't even know what they want to do. No, and that's true. I, I think uh, and I I'll try to have this ready for the next podcast, or at the very least by January 3rd, which is always the watermark at oh January 3rd, they were the last team in the league and then went on to win the cup. I want to see how this team compares to that 18-19 team who was so bad to start. And I want to see the breakdowns between goals given up per game and everything else, because it was bad in 18 and 19. And I remember thinking, God, the only guy on this team that's showing up on a nightly basis is Ryan O'Reilly. Um, mm-hmm. And in some ways this season, I'm like, whatever, because we have our cup and we don't have the expectations that we did coming into that season, you know, making a splash for that big free agent and things like this. But in other ways, I'm it's what January 8th, or I'm sorry, December 8th. And I'm ready to say, screw it and just give up on this team. Like, I don't even want to go to the games. I don't want to spend the money on gas and parking and, and to go there and watch a team that not just loses games, but doesn't try. I, the the visible lack of effort from this team infuriates me. I don't mind losing games when we're getting beat by teams that are better than us, as long as the effort is there. But for the last month, ever since this seven game lose or winning streak stopped and they started losing again, you can see players just go, eh, screw it, and give up. We saw it in person with Ryan oh, yeah. O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. We watched. We were at the game I in Pittsburgh. We saw yeah. it in Pittsburgh, which was um, fun, minus the game. But, it was um, a fun trip aside from that. like It got to the point where it was just hysterical how bad the Blues were that game. Yeah, I started so... actively cheering for them to give up the seventh goal so we could get free chili. 
Yeah, we were uh, we were making bets because the Pittsburgh have different things. So if you score within the first five minutes of the second period, was it second period? First, first period is the free appetizer. Correct. First five minutes of the second period, free Big Mac. We got that. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's really kind of interesting. I like. I, I'll say this. We'll, we'll get to the Pittsburgh thing in a second after I go over all the games super quick. Um, they didn't have like an in arena guy kind of like we do and stuff, whatever. But they had the atmosphere really. I like, really like the atmosphere there. The arena is really great. I highly suggest going to Pittsburgh yeah. for a game. Uh, it's only but put the PPG paint arena is only about what? Mm, what they say, 10, 11 years, ten to twelve years old. They built it in twenty ten, so it's twelve years old. So twelve years old. Pretty new arena. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. What well, we had to walk around there and, and enjoy things. Um, I really enjoyed going to that thing. We'll talk about. It. I just want to. I'm just running through the games. I'm not going to go game by game, goal by goal, because we all know what happened so far. So, um, we're just going to go back from. I believe we were around the. Let's say the Buffalo game. So the Sabres game. We'll start uh, there. That snapped the win streak. Yeah, six to two, um, and then. It, the Tampa game five to two. So the big, the turning point game, which I thought would, this is the point where they turn things around was the Florida game. Me and you talked about that. We were out and about and we recorded yep. the next day. And then they promptly play the first place team at home on Monday, the Dallas stars and get stomped four to one. Yeah. Yeah. Then they play sort of competitive, kind of not competitive, but then they were winning and then they blew it in the third period against the Hurricanes six to four. Yep. They go to the Pittsburgh game, and it was a laugher from pretty much the first period on Casper Captain with the hat trick. Yeah, that game um, was not competitive. Uh, we'll talk about that one when I circle back here. So then they go to the Rangers, and another team has been struggling. It's basically, the, yeah, choked, exactly. Six to four, and we were all saying, I didn't even watch the next game, because I'm like, oh, they're going to get blown out by the Islanders. Islanders have been playing really great defensively. We're going to get shut out. And they put seven up on the best goalie. That kind of so, tells you how this this game, this season's going. I didn't get to watch that game because I was at the pageant. I remember checking my phone, and at one point it was five to one in the third period. And then all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up like I'm having the Jerry Lewis telethon. And I'm watching it go from five to one to five to four real quick. Yep, And I remember looking at Donnie and saying, if these a-holes blow a four-goal lead in the third period and lose this game, I'm done for the year. And then they put in two empty netters and one. But, man, there is no safe lead for this team. None. I mean, and I'll, let's be, and I'll be honest, too, and this is not making excuses at all. That's a huge trend around the league. Um, and I'm not saying that many goals. Like even a two goal lead is nothing nowadays. Like uh, yeah, goal scoring I mean, is up. Yeah, uh, offense is up around the league in general. So that's a different story. But yes, this team is having trouble keeping the puck out of the net. And then the latest loss against the now first place team, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, five to two. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got Colorado on Sunday game. I will be at on Monday. Chris will be in New York. Um, against the Predators, and then they go on the Western Canada swing. Uh, yeah. Oilers, Calgary, um, then Vancouver, and now obviously Seattle. So that's part mm-hmm. of the almost Western Canada swing now to a degree. And there before Christmas, they play the first place team in the, in the West, the Vegas Golden Knights, which are without Alex Petrangelo right now due to a family illness. He's out indefinitely. Yeah. So no idea well, what's going on there. But um, Colorado's without McKinnon for what, four weeks? They're out with McKinnon, Nishkuchkin. Um, I think that Rantanen was their top center the other night. They were without yeah. a lot of guys. So, I mean, they're hurting already. So that's what they're going through a ton of injuries there. Sure. But they had such depth and such great players. They're at least hanging in there. Like, right. um, right. Not as great as they were last year. I think they're topping out last year. And I think, uh, with McKinnon getting paid and other stuff, they're going to be good, but I think they're going to have issues for a while here. Yeah, because they went all in for a couple of years there, and they finally got the cup, which is great. It's like yeah. us, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing now. We're kind of hitting the point of do we need to hit the dreaded R word? Um, well, I you know, I, I think we're we're headed in the wrong direction for sure. I think that you can look at teams like say the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche, and and, and teams like that that not necessarily have had to go through a, a full rebuild, maybe a retooling. Um, 
and you've yeah. seen them come out good on it. The the thing is, this team's got youth and skill. They do. You can build a good team around Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. I don't know what the problem with this team is. I, I, I don't know where the disconnect is. As I said on Twitter the other night, this goes far beyond who should have kept David Perron. Yeah. Maybe they should have, maybe they shouldn't have, but this is far beyond David Perron fixes the problem. Cause the last I checked, David Perron doesn't play defense, but mm-hmm. then again, neither does anybody on the St. Louis blues. Yes. That's ex- exactly the perfect quote right there from Chris. So um, yeah, this, there's um, something that eh, there's a lot of good players but sometimes putting a lot of good ingredients together in a recipe doesn't equal right. a good final recipe. You know what it's I'm true. saying? Like, like you, do do, something, true. you can put a lot of great things together and it can still come out to not taste right. Yes. And I think that's weirdly put how it's with the blues right now. There's a lot of good pieces yeah. there. And as much as there's a lot of people, this guy has a no trade clause. This guy is makes too much. This guy, this guy, whatever. They're still good players that are producing a little bit, at least. Yeah. Are you going to get top line guys or get stuff back that's going to be what you want let's just put it as an example Tory crew was supposedly getting shopped last year let's say and maybe in the past Tory crew was worth a first round pick years ago if you sure. shopped him nowadays with the term and how he's been playing and you'll probably have to eat a little bit of the salary maybe just to get some of the work you can maybe get a second round pick out of it that's what i'm thinking in a, in a low level pick but then sure. that salary's gone right and then you can put it towards something else that you need. The defense has nobody that's defensive. No. Uh, Colton no. Pareko has unfortunately, he is the product of whoever's next to him. Yeah, 100%. And, and whoever's next to him, whoever they play, is how he's going to play. Um, When J-Bo is... Meester came back, when J-Bo Meester was hurting, yep. they both played like crap or were okay. Yep. When they could get or they had Joel Edmondson next to him, and then they both were playing, and they, they both played pretty decent. When J-Bo Meester came back and finally was healed up, and all the Blues are giving that man crap for years, when he was healed up and played the way he did in 18, 19, and 20, and before, no, before he had his sure. heart issue, he made Colton Pareko, and Colton Pareko did the same. He played well. Agreed. They, they meshed. It was the, like he said, perfect ingredients worked out. Yep. You have, we have not found that perfect ingredient to go next to Colton Preco yet. I've look, I've I've bashed the dude many times on this podcast. He's he's and quickly to his father. Being, and to his father. Unfortunately, in front of his father as well, which I didn't know. Um he's quickly becoming, I would almost say, the new Eric Brewer of the St. Louis Blues. Like he's the first guy that everyone wants to beat on. Mm-hmm. Phrasing. Phrasing for sure. Um Colton Pareko is a good hockey player, but it is time for this organization and namely Doug Armstrong to look in the mirror and realize it has been five years now since we won the cup. Doug Armstrong, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Colton Pareko is not going to grow into the number one D guy that you hoped he would. Colton Pareko is what he is. And there are many times where Colton Pareko proves that you can stack poop real high on skates. Yeah, um, you not know, great. No. And the thing is, like, we're getting to a point with him where, you know, four, five, six years ago, that was the dude that everybody wanted when you talked trade with the Blues. And the Blues obviously and justifiably didn't want to give him up. We're getting to a point in his career where that value is just going to start going down and down and down and down. At this point, I don't know what you get for him. I'm sure there's still a very good market for him, but it's not what it was. And man, I'm ready to send him anywhere. I I just feel like we've gotten to a point with him where he needs to go. Like he represents a lot of stuff and some of it's probably not his fault, but he's got to go. 
And, and to be honest, like Tory Krug, and I love the Tory Krug sighting, I'd be cool with him going. To be honest, I, I'd be fine with anybody on that defense not named Justin Falk being taken out and, and set somewhere else. And Justin Falk just, is a fine defenseman. Like, and unfortunately, he this season he hasn't played great either. That's the, that's the thing that sucked too. Early no, on, he was playing good, but he's just a product of everything that's going on right now. I will say this: I haven't seen Justin Falk give up the way that it seems like a lot of these other players have. Like, no one on that defensive core is having a great year. But that's because even Justin Falk himself is out there with people who are not doing that great. Yeah. I, I like. And here's the thing to, to your comment about, you know, ingredients not necessarily making a great meal. I agree with that 100%. And there's surely a lot of that happening. What I don't understand is how it got so bad. So fast. So fast when mm-hmm. last year, this defensive core is essentially the same core we've had for three years now. Nothing's yeah. really changed, and, is and it, they were fine. And is it the point, and let me ask you this, because some people have said this, do you think it's because our goaltending was that good last year between Huso and then the way Bennington played in the playoffs that the, made the defense look passable when it really wasn't that great? If this team had been playing and winning games earlier in the season, I would say yes. But there were so many games during that eight-game losing streak where Bennington stood on his head and the defense failed him. What game was it that we went to and we watched them give up four backdoor goals? The Kings game. You were at the Kings game, yeah. uh, That's not him. That's not his fault at all. And that was the argument I had online with people where they were like looking at the stats and saying how bad Bennington was. That game, like, here's the five goals that got scored against him. Yeah. Three. he didn't have a chance. One was deflected directly in front of him. He had yep. no chance. You can say one, maybe you could have had of all that, but all the backdoor goals were literally poor defensive coverage, and he was making the say Like, there's nothing he could do. I, I um, will say this, and this is where I think Jordan Bennington is failing the team. And, and goalies are notorious head cases. They all are. Yeah, I'll be leading into our next thing. Go ahead. I think, and I'm sure you're going to talk about the athletic article, mm-hmm. but I feel like we've gotten to a point with Bennington where his frustration level is so high that he's making stupid mistakes on the ice. And that's only making him more frustrated. And it's like he's stuck in a whirlpool right now. You know, he's he's pissed off at this team because the defense is failing him. So he lets in a bad goal. And the bad goal pisses them off even more and then you know it just it compounds and compounds and compounds and my fear is it's going to get to a point where they're going to trade jordan bennington and he's going to go on and win two three four more stanley cups for another franchise because he is a good goalie and i get yes that. yes he is and i get the thing and that's the thing is a lot of blues fans already throw him out with the bathwater right now just because it's not his fault we can't appreciate like I think our friend Jeff Ponder posted today, fans got pissed off at Curtis Joseph when he failed in the playoffs, and then he was traded out of town. Yeah, Grant Fewer was called too old after you know coming back from the injury and had yeah. an okay season. Guy ran him out of town. Um, obviously Elliot was he brought about Elliot, but that's a different story. Um, Halak, you know, obviously was kind of a he was a little bit of a head case, but you know, like he kind of struggled, and they went to yeah. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller obviously left right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Jake Allen obviously had his struggles here. So we've had good goaltending. And -hmm. now we finally had a guy that, okay, say what you want. He had a hot streak. He was great the next year. Yes, he was. Until the pandemic hit. He wasn't great in the bubble. Then the next season came on, he was okay. And then uh, end of last season, I thought he rediscovered after taking over for Huso and stuff in the playoffs. And honestly, if if he didn't get run, I think he was on another heater where we had a legit shot at another one. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And Huso just ran out of the gas. This season, like, he was great. This He's been great this season. First three games were great. Even the eight-game losing streak, I thought there was games in there where he he almost stole a game for us, but then just couldn't couldn't hang on to the end. 
he he's been a little sloppy the last week or so. I I, I think that you're you're seeing the, the frustration. Yeah. yeah, you're seeing the frustration uh, come out in the Jordan Stahl thing and the uh, Jason the, Zucker and the Jason Zucker thing in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I get all of it. I I also agree with with Barube. I wish he'd shut up and stop the puck. But that's easy to say if your team is playing in front of you. And when your defense is just not doing their job, I don't give a damn if you've got Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur in the net together. You're not going to stop him. Yeah. So we'll dip into athletic articles since we're going to Bennington and we'll kind of circle back to a couple of things. But since we're there, we'll talk about the athletic article. So obviously before the Winnipeg game, I yeah. guess Jeremy Rutherford just kind of caught Bennington at his uh, stall and just started talking to him. And I don't think this was a planned interview at all. And I think he caught him in a moment and I guess he decided to go ahead and I guess he's given okay to print it and stuff, but um, it's very interesting. So Bennington last six starts have not been great. Oh, oh, and six, 5.11 goals against 0.827. Let's be honest. That wouldn't have cut it even in the eighties. No, you no. know, that's not really great. Um, so obviously he was in the starter net the for the Winnipeg game, and then all of a sudden they announced Grice. So that was kind of like a weird kind of thing. Yep. Um, so Bennington came off ice, and apparently frustration in his voice was palpable. I feel good, he said. I'm trying to stay focused, clear the mind a bit. I think sometimes when things aren't going well as a group, you kind of let that sink into your game. I'm definitely frustrated. I'm not here to waste my time. I want to win every game. It's definitely frustrating when you feel like if you feel like pause there but it is what it is when Rutherford asked Phil if you like what Bennington stopped himself and then said when you're competing and playing hard and you hate to lose you're not winning you know it's frustrating it kind of builds up over time mm. so and then he kept going it's the same old story it happened a couple years ago in a row where the same kind of start you know it pisses me off I'm here to win, and it starts from day one from training camp. We're slowly building and playing together. We're getting to, we're getting there. But we're two and a half, three months in the season. It's getting frustrating over a period of time when it's the same thing you're seeing and expecting to be different. I'm not here to waste my effing time every game. It's NHL. Let's go. Yeah. So, and I'll say this with me. As much as I'm not a massive fan of it going to the uh, media and getting out there, uh, he's done, man. He's fucking done with this team. And just yep, there is sure. guys on his team and it's game the game. And it's, you see like, I don't know if O'Reilly just manages. It's just, it's like he turned, he turned oh. 40 years old in a couple months. And he just does. He's, he is the officially now after this game on Winnipeg against Winnipeg. He has the, this is Ryan O'Reilly considered, a you know, a con Smythe Selkie award winner. Yeah. He is the worst plus minus in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. He has not been great. He's been on the he's on the ice for uh, he's been on at least a minus three for five of the past six games. Well, I think yeah, yeah. That's, that's not great. It's not great. I think part of that is um, his line is out there a lot against top lines. I get that. Um, I don't think that Jordan Bennington was calling out anybody on the forwards in that, in that. Oh, I think, I think in just general, the whole team, I think that definitely the defense is a massive culprit for that. Yeah. Look, and and I I think that the, I think the not a to Z because obviously there, there were games where this team couldn't find the back of the net with a map, but um, yeah, this guy to shoot half the time. Yeah. By and large, man, this team's dysfunction starts and ends at the blue line. And, you know, when you are not protecting your goaltender and protecting the backside phrasing and, Mm -hmm. you know, clearing the slot, getting the puck out of the zone, whatever it is, defense one-on-one, you're constantly hanging your, your, your goalie out to dry. Compound that with the fact that you're not able to turn the puck over and get it to your forwards to play you know, you're, you're going to spend your, the entire game pinned in your own zone. And I don't blame Bennington for being upset. I'm with you. I, I, I'm never a proponent of these things going public 
as much as we all kind of know what's going on. I -hmm. think that, you know, family business needs to be handled in the family and in the house. I'm glad he didn't name names. Um, I'm sure that it was a real fun day at practice today. Um, Yeah, they got bag skated. I saw that today. Now, here's something. I don't know if we talked about this or not. Um, When we were in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and I was talking to, what was his name? Uh, Uh, I'll get it. Go ahead. Keep going. I got you. Uh, the the um, the color guy for the Penguins, who was at the booth next to us, he came over and we were talking about what was wrong with the team. And he said something that was very interesting. And he said that he feels like this team has quit on Jordan Bennington. And I said, well, why do you say that? And he goes, whenever, he goes, more times than not, whenever you see a goalie in the NHL, get hit or involved in any sort of a physical altercation, whether he had started it or not, somebody usually from the defense, but somebody on the ice is real quick to step in and take the heat off the goalie in both the situation with stall and the situation with Zucker. No one did a damn thing to come to Jordan Bennington's defense. And nope. he goes, he goes, that's a problem. So I kind of wonder if what we read yesterday in the athletic is overflow from things that he's been saying to his teammates, namely his defensive core. And if they're just like, man, screw you. Yep. And and if that's the case, somebody's on the way out. Yeah. And sadly, sadly, I feel like it's going to be Jordan Bennington. And I would take him over damn near everybody on that blue line right now. Jake Hoffield. I remember that's what they said. Yes, it was Jake Hoffield. Yes, that was who it was. Um, So, yeah, he was super cool. So, um, yeah, we'll wrap up the Jordan Bennington thing. Then I'll go back to the Pittsburgh thing. Uh, so Bennington did address the Pittsburgh, what happened in Pittsburgh and the the stall thing. I think it was just like, oh, he played the puck, did it hard, didn't get it as far as he wanted to. So he got in stall's way and he got trucked. Okay. And I know a lot of people online took great joy in that. And I'm like, to me, it was a smart play by him because it created space and they really get the puck out and he was able to get back in that. No problem. Whatever. No penalty either way on that one, in my opinion. The Zucker thing, um, he basically said he didn't think it was a big deal. He was just trying to create space. He did put his glove out. He admitted to doing it. And he said he didn't like the, he went to the boys, didn't like the way he stayed down. Uh, Bennington first initially got a, because there's blood. So initially he got a double minor for high sticking, which is stick never left the ice. So that was an interesting yeah. call by the refs. But then he just got an interference, and he got no penalty after that. And that yeah. like pissed a lot of a lot of the fans were going uh, booing him Ooh, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then ended, the next period comes with three to one. Then of course, I think it was yeah, it was under five minutes because when we got the Big Mac, we got Big Macs. And the person who got hit was Jason Zucker, obviously, and he scored on the second shot of the period. Yep. And you could tell he was mouthing something to Jordan Bennington as he after he scored and stuff. Which sure. to be which fine, I would if That's I hockey. got hit, That's I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. Absolutely. So Bennington gets pulled and. Bennington said, I was just letting him know about his game and what I thought of it. So Bennington obviously said something to the bench and got a 10 minute, which I've never, this is the first for in all the years I've watched hockey, 10 minutes for inciting, which I feel you. I feel you, Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Which how many times have you seen? I'm in Facebook jail right now for inciting. Yeah. So it's funny that like you see Pat Maroon's like the famous thing we are 2019 couple. He's like, yeah, like that. That doesn't get, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, it, I think it that, was just interesting that the, I think the refs had it and we're just like, you're out of here anyway. You get 10 well, minutes. Yes. And I also think that Jordan Bennington is very quickly gaining a reputation. Yeah. And that reputation is going to get him a very short leash with referees. Yeah. So he, so yeah. So he got pulled and to wrap it up with Bennington, he's obviously frustrated. Um, the are letting goals in bunches. The one in the Carolina game was during this whole stall thing. They were up two nothing, and then let in three goals in sixty four seconds to be losing yeah. three yeah. to two. 
Yep. Um, that's the problem this year. It's in bunches. It's not like one and then they slowly creep back. It's like bang, 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 bang. All this like it's ridiculous. Like I don't you know what else it. has returned that I've noticed this year is we've also gone back to the team that will score a goal and then promptly give up a goal on the next. Yes, show. it's it is, and that just pisses coaches off. Like mm-hmm. it's no end and. It's not, and the thing is, like me and Chris are no experts or anything. Like, I if the coaches can't explain it, I don't have no reason how I can explain it. Like, yeah, Brube was at his wits end too. But before we get into all Brube stuff, I just want to go back to the Pittsburgh stuff and talk about our our trip there with our buddy sure. Rick and Kyle. Um, highly suggest taking out checking out that arena. Um, it's an easy s- flight. It's a ninety yeah. minute flight. So if there's a weekend yeah, we game, there. like go to Pittsburgh. We unfortunately did not look at the schedule very well. Um, it would have been nice since we were in the area. We could have went up to Madison Square Garden, which is another bucket list one for me. Yeah. Um, maybe next year since Rick is up there and everything. Sure. So, um, or Buffalo and Toronto. I mean, yeah. we could. It's an easy drive from Pittsburgh to Buffalo, and then it's a two-hour drive from Buffalo to Toronto. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah, I was just going to Pittsburgh. We went to uh, the what's the famous uh, sandwich we have? Permini Brothers. Permini Permantis, whatever Permantis. Yeah. Permini yes. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, so we had the famous sandwich in the morning. Got to watch World Cup soccer. I thought it was so. Unfortunately, that day turned to be bad. Like World Cup soccer got smoked. Um, My football team got smoked the night before. Yeah. So Chris did have a great weekend. USC I had lost. a terrible sports weekend. Yeah. USC, USC got lost. hammered. The US USA got hammered. The, the Blues, Blues got, hammered. got hammered. And not like, in a sexy oof. way. So no, was, the uh, only thing good for me was the, the Bills won on Thursday night. Yeah. So Chris started the weekend off good and then went downhill after that. So real quick. Yeah, so I highly suggest the Pittsburgh trip. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It was cool. The arena is very cool. I do love the setup they have on the outs, the outside. Yeah, um, kind of like how they, if the, if you've been to games, they have that little like schnooks corner where you can kind of walk up and buy stuff. They yeah. have that greatly expanded at the Pittsburgh games where they have almost kind of like I say cafeteria style, but they have stuff in like boxes. They slide out, you just grab and bring to the register, and you grab and go. It's, and that's it what reminds me of. Uh, it reminds me of QT. Yes, just like that. And, right. and it's on. Uh, shut up. Oh, there you go. go shut up, QT. Siri. So, yeah. So, yeah, go to QT, I'm, Chris. I'm but, going uh, to QT but, uh, in the morning. But yeah, so, um, no. How is just Pittsburgh trip? It was cool to see, like, uh, Crosby score a lot more blues jerseys than we thought were there. Well, our whole, remember Friday morning, our whole flight, everyone was wearing blue stuff. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. We saw Crosby play, and he scored an empty netter, so that was kind of yeah. – it was nice. The funny thing is, which we we talked about, we didn't even hear or think about Sidney Crosby for literally almost two periods. Yeah. Because he didn't have to be visible, because that's no. how bad they were. Casper Kapanen obviously got the hat trick in the middle of the second to make it out of reach, but the uh, overall fun trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need to stop going to games there. I'm 0 and 3 watching the Blues play in Pittsburgh. Not great. So, um not great. That was my that was my first uh, obviously outside of St. Louis game. So, as much as the Blues got smoked, it was a fun kind of experience to have with everybody and um, Pittsburgh is a good place to go. It, 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 the city is very similar to St. Louis. Um it's not an overly expensive city. There's plenty of hotels as a matter of fact. There's a very nice Hotel, right next door right next, next almost connects to it basically yeah right next to the arena um but you can get in and out for for pretty cheap and uh it's a good it's a good weekend getaway for a trip that you can do on the uh on the cheap side and have fun and everybody is hot everybody is pleasant in pittsburgh it's not like yes. going to chicago or new york or philadelphia where you're afraid someone's going to try to beat you up for wearing a blues jersey like, yeah which i didn't know what to expect because cool. i've never been there so i went there and there's a lot of let's go blues and it wasn't from like people wearing blue stuff it was like people in pittsburgh stuff mm-hmm. and we had how many people that come up to us during the game and we're like they're like oof i'm sorry guys yeah our yeah. people were like they're like oh you guys from here i'm like no we came from st louis they're like oh i'm sorry like you yeah. like jake Caulfield was super nice and talked to us for a solid what 10 15 minutes easily easily um we got really good seats kind of like um i'm trying to think of the best place the you're best way the lower des- bowl. yeah the best way to describe it if you're at the scott trade you know there's standing room only on the um lower part there's like a place you walk out with a little ledge that people mm-hmm. stand and kind of congregate it's similar to that and there is a ledge there but we had high top seats there which were great that was like a really fantastic perfect, perfect view 
Yeah. Um, nobody in front of us, and it was just you could stand if we wanted to. We could sit; it didn't really matter. So that was great. Um, it was like your own little private four-person section. Yeah, pretty much. It was really nice. And so, like I said, we were next to the like little, basically like kind of how Bally Sports does their little thing. Yeah, where their, we little, can, their intermission desk, yeah, and you can sit right there. And uh, Jay Caulfield and whoever the guy that's with him, uh, I think it's Steve Mears, I think they said, or whoever. I think so yeah. And uh, they let fans come back there during between periods and stuff and they take pictures with them and stuff. So I thought that was really cool, too. So yeah. overall, everything was great there. Night low, nice little atmosphere. Definitely go there. Uh, so we'll talk about Brube's kind of comments after this Winnipeg game and uh, start to wrap things up from there. But because I just don't see this team. And we'll talk about the R word. Which sure. people have brought up at the end, too. I just want the Brube's thing to lead into that real quick. Because he's obviously just done. He has no idea what to do. So here's is what he said after the presser, uh, after the post game. If everybody doesn't come to the rink ready to compete, move your feet and do the right things, and to be detailed and attentive, we're not going to go anywhere. That's the bottom line. As a coaching staff, we're preparing them, telling them what they need to do, but we can't go out there and play for them. They've got to go out there and play as a team. And right now, we're not doing that. We're not consistent enough, 100%, and you're going to lose in this league. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Gu- too many guys, you know, veteran guys, young guys. If they don't come to the rink and think about the team, put the team first. We're not going to go anywhere. And right now, I don't see that happening. That's huge. I don't care. That's huge. That's basically saying there's guys out there that don't don't care. And, there are. There's a lot you, of them. And the thing is, I mean, you can see it on the ice, but it, like I'll say one. This is shocking to me. Because he's in a in a contract year. We talked about O'Reilly. Vladimir Tarasenko looks like a ghost. Wow. The guy, I was just going to say the guy whose jersey is over your shoulder. Yeah. I don't think it's that he's a ghost or that he's given up. I don't think he cares about this team. He knows he's not going to be here next year and doesn't care. That's why, like, legitimately, man, no matter what this team does going forward, trade him tomorrow. Like, he's he's not coming back. Get At this point, even if you only get a second-round pick for him, which I would think you could still get a first-rounder for him, yeah. For, for, but, like, I – at this point, like trade him for whatever, just get him out. He's not helping you. As I said the other day, like raise your hand if on January 6th you had Noel Luchari with more goals than Vladimir Tarasenko. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? No. No. Get rid of him. Like he's not coming back. You know he's not coming back. He has said for two years now he's not coming back. Trade him. Trade him today. Yeah, they need to. At the end of the day right now, and the top of the – just looking at the draft again, I kind of looked at it again today. You're talking the top three picks are, i say not generational, but very good players. Yep. Uh, the third one is like a winger from the, out of the KHL. Won't be available for like probably like three or four years. So that one's a little far off. But you're talking the top two picks, but uh, Bedard and uh, Fentanelli, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Really good players. Bedard is your – I would say more McDavid-esque type guy. Yeah. Uh, Fantanelli is more of a, has that skill and some speed, but he uses his body and plays up and down. the. the he plays a full game, basically. More, yeah. I say, a bigger bigger version of Robert Thomas. To me, I am at the point where the way that it's, it's just because the way the team is playing, it's not like if you're losing and you guys are busting your ass and it's just yeah. like the talent is next. We saw that when they're rebuilding, when the Eric Brewer years, and it's just saw like when you have Mike Eastwood as your top goal scorer, you know, like mm-hmm. I get it. Like that's just, it is what it is. Yep. But it, it's time. Like the, this team has not really had a top pick since the Alex Petrangelo, like that high. And yeah. Yeah. You got to think about how good that is. And that was 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. give or take, in that range. It's been a long time. That's pretty damn good, having mid to low round, not even first round picks from trading them, and still having a pretty damn competitive team for all these years. You got, mind you, could you have won more cups? You unfortunately had Probably. one team. You had one team better than you for three years, for five years straight, basically. You basically had either Chicago or LA, where just one of those two teams were in your way every year. Yeah, agreed. It just sucks. It, uh, just, they ran out. They ran out of gas in sixteen. That team could have won the cup. That sure. team could have won it. So you had a lot of close calls, and you finally got one in nineteen. Great. Um, every once in a while, you gotta hit the hit the reset button. And by mm-hmm. I reset, I meant re. I, I don't think you need a full rebuild. Like we talked no. about, there's too many good pieces. Yeah. You just gotta identify 
I wish we had 12 Braden Shins up front. God, I wish we could put the heart of Braden Shin into everyone. Because that's the guy that, if O'Reilly does leave, does not come back free agency wise, um, and they don't trade, let's say he, let's say they trade him, he does not come back. That's who we're, that's my vote who, who's going to be the next captain. I don't know why this just triggered in my brain. Um, and I hope that this isn't what's happening. But if we can go back in the tapes, when we made the deal for Ryan O'Reilly, I made a comment that my only concern about Ryan O'Reilly was that he got frustrated and quit in Colorado and it forced them to trade him to Buffalo. And he got frustrated and he quit in Buffalo. And that brought him to St. Louis. He won a cup in his first year here out of nowhere because that team was hot garbage through January. Yep. And I, I've never until recently questioned his effort. But the last couple of weeks, I've seen Ryan O'Reilly pull the controller unplugged. Which we haven't seen out of him. I, which I've never seen him do in his tenure here. But I hope that we're not going down the same path that Ryan O'Reilly played himself out of in Colorado and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting and weird just how bad he's gotten. I just don't understand it. Um, yeah, this team just needs something. And this, to me, if the draft wasn't, and mind you, the draft is in a very good, like, there's a lot of, like, you can get a lot of really great players late in the first round this time. Yeah. Compared to past years, like top 10 picks, like in the 20s, they're saying this year. Um, the top of the draft is some of the best has been in years. The top end is very, very high, but there's a lot of good players. They said even I've read and a couple people po- posted online when I talked about it today, the top five picks are very good this year. And in some years, some of those five guys might be a top pick another year when it's like not a great draft. So you never know if they can sneak in and get one of these picks. Um, people are saying, oh, Chicago or Vancouver is going to get this or, you know, Anaheim or, and they still might, who knows? My thing is, is like the top pick would be great. Yeah. If you trade guys and I think Barbashev, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, and possibly depending on what you do on defense, there's at least two first rounders in the, out of those three, depending on how they're playing. I think Barbashev, if it was last year, I don't think he's really replicated that. Um, yeah. But in the past, you might be able to say, hey, he's a 26 goal scorer last year. Um, and then he's a guy who plays that type of style in the playoffs. You might want to have a lot. I know teams are looking for a defensive center and they might chalk it up to O'Reilly just have been on a bad team this year. And they and sure. the, Blues, the Blues eat part of that salary. You can get it for, I mean, might as well eat it, the set, the side to get the picks this year. And then if you can get at least three, you keep your first round pick, obviously, this year, you get two or three more, at least two. I yep, mean, that's, I agree. That's, that's a really good start to a retool slash rebuild. I mean, that's, you're talking about your cupboard being in the low 20s, like ranking wise. If you get some, you do very good in this draft, you're right. And the thing that sucks is, if the Blues do have a high pick and they, they trade their second round pick to Detroit, Detroit's like, hell yes. We thought we were getting a pick in the like 50 range. We might get uh, a pick in the like 40s, upper, 35, in the 40s, 40s. Or, yeah, in the 40s, possibly. Yeah. Um, I think the start of the downfall, the Detroit thing I triggered my brain too. The start of the downfall about the not hard working, and I know he was hurt a lot, Oscar Sunquist. Yeah. When Maybe he was, he was hurt a lot last year, but that was a guy you never questioned effort out of, though. No, did he ever? Did he fall a lot? <laughs> did he sometimes yeah. not produce or whatever? Did he get hurt a little bit? Yes, but every time he's on the ice, that dude was hustling, yeah. and that's you just don't see that anymore. Like you can say about uh, Braden Shen, maybe. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we see Jordan Cairo like or Robert Thomas throw the arms up in the air, look at the sky when they take a shot and doesn't hit the net? Oh, I know. You know, it's just, oh, I it, know. It's just frustrating across the board. And they got, I mean, the rest of this year, Chris, I'm telling you, they have, 
let's count how many games they have real quick. And I want to make a little, I want to do a prediction here before we wrap it up. But the Blues have a good chunk of games left, and unfortunately, against pretty decent teams. You have, let's count that as four, seven. You have 10 games left, Chris. You And, and they're half and half, five at home, five away. It, this, this side of the calendar year? Yes, to finish up the rest of the year. So you'll be at 35 games played by the end of the year. Okay. Okay. You play, I'm going to read these off real quick and I'll say where they're at. Colorado, Nashville, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Vegas, Toronto, Chicago, Minnesota. You're talking one of those games is a give. Two of those games, maybe Vancouver too. Vancouver would be a hard-fought one. You're talking two of those ten are, I feel, good about right now with this team. I could be like, okay, they have a chance to win that one. Colorado, you've been struggling, yeah, but. They're still Colorado. Nashville's oh. been playing. Oh, Saros has turned it around, played very well to start the, la- the last couple. He's, I think, 8 1 1 in those last couple. Edmonton is, has McDavid, and nothing surprises me with that team. They could play lights out one time, or they could be crap. Same, yep. with, Cal- same with Calgary this year. Vancouver's been crap. You got a chance there. Seattle's surprised this year, but we've played well against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Vegas, we beat, but they're number one team right now. Yep. Toronto's Toronto. Chicago's been crap. You might be able to win one against them. Minnesota, you never know on New Year's Eve. It's true. I, I mean, the best you can hope right there is 500. I, dude, me, I would be ecstatic at 500. Me too. And that's, that's unfortunately thing, where though. we're at. I'm guessing, Honestly, what's your prediction out of 10? What's your record in the next 10? God, I don't know. I'm I, saying I, 2 and 8. I'm not even giving ties. I'm just going look, like 2 and 8. Here's here's the thing is these teams that you've named, the top echelon teams we've already seen them beat. Yeah. You know, this team could go nine and one, this team could go oh and ten, this team could go five and five, none of which would surprise me. Pin me down and say right now, I'm gonna say three and seven. Yeah, I just don't see and if that's the case, you're talking that you're only getting, let's say, six points. And out of the next 10 games, that means by the end of the, by the time the all-star game hits, you have to be, Armstrong has to be making a trade. I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised. No, I, and my thing is like, I don't think you fire Brube. I think that's, you just give him a contract extension. Yes. I think, agreed. I think the Jim Montgomery thing sucked. He, yep. he obviously got a good opportunity. I think Craig McTavish is hundred percent the wrong coach. Now I didn't know yep. what to think of it ahead of time. Obviously he's shown he can't do it. Not the guy. Van Ryan, I think, has lost his. Uh, I think he's gone. Um, uh, Steve Ott might be the only one I might hold over. Yeah. Um, for some reason, if they do, I don't think they should. If they change coaches, this is our last thought of the day. If they change coaches, here's my, here's two options. I want you to tell me which one you'd go with. A, stay in house, promote Steve Ott, let him pick his own assistants. Well, obviously, he keeps these assistants for the rest of the year. He'll have his own assistance next year and let him be the coach and see how he does for a couple years. Or do you possibly go with the guy who fixes defenses and played really well, but um, kind of bounced around a little bit lately, but proven a very good coach, Barry Trotz. Dude, if you get Barry Trotz, you get Barry Trotz. Here it is. Rumor is, is that he bought a place in Nashville and the, when Nashville was struggling, there was rumors about him taking a front yeah. office job there. Um, but remember, Barry Trotz said he's going to wait and see what happens around the league. Hey, Nashville ain't that far from uh, St. No, Louis. it's not. And if Barry Trotz wants the job, you hire Barry Trotz that day. Um, To be honest, I think that's the only way I make a coaching change. I don't think Doug Armstrong wants to fire Craig Berube. I don't, I don't think, think you should either. And that, for the record, I don't think so. I'm just – No, I, I – I, I'm not saying they should. That said, if it gets to the point where you have to make a coaching change because you have to do something. Because the because co- if the players are tuning it out yep. and you can't move guys yet, you got to figure out something to try and sell. You have yeah, to still I, try and sell this year. I mean, there are 25 games, 27 games in. I mean, there's still time when we're not. There's foot I mean, there it is again, 2019. Uh, you know, here's the curse is that from now until the end of time. That's what everybody's going to never be able to say the Blues are out of it. Because everyone's going to go, 2019 team. They were dead last January 3rd, came back, won the whole thing. You're right, but you shouldn't have to do that every damn time. 
yeah, you're also we had to go to. Oh, I think I think the record is. I looked it up the other day just to see. I think they went twenty nine six and something like twenty nine six and four or something yeah, like that. To finish the, yeah, that's insane. By the way, oh, I know. But yeah, again, no. because they did it, it's gonna get th- it's gonna get brought up every damn time. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with Blues fans over the last couple of weeks. And as soon as they go, I'm done with this team. I'm ready to throw in the towel, bro. 2019, they were dead last. It's it's it is as great as it was to win the cup, winning it that way. The once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's not how teams remain successful. You don't tank the first half of the season and then rise like a phoenix from the ashes all the time. Uh, but to finish my thought is, if ownership or whoever comes to Armstrong and says it's time to make a coaching change. I think you call Barry Trotz. If he wants it, you make the change. If he doesn't, I think you ride it out through the season and then see what you can do. Because uh, with all due respect to Steve Ott and Craig McTavish, I don't think either one of those guys really writes the ship this season. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that it if you fire if you fire Craig Berube, you're throwing the towel in on the season. Yeah, and once again, I feel bad because I don't think it's that guy at all. I think It's not. It is not. It's an effort on the team, and like you said, like we said many a times throughout the years of when we've gone through this, this is this is Ken Hitchcock level quitting on your coach right now. Ooh, which oh yeah, done, which somebody pointed out today on Twitter. Um, because you can just tell, like, man, soon as it's one nothing the other team, this team is done. Like, it's not even like, hey, we can get back into this, guys. Like, the head slump. There's no confidence. How many times we've heard that thirty years? There's no confidence in this team, and yeah, yeah, it's really odd. So, and much as they've changed the culture over and over, changed guys over, it's still a lingering thing, which is very odd to me. And I don't, we'll never understand it for the life of me. But yeah, it's, I, not, I, it's, I it's um, if I had to predict how things go, um, I think they're going to have a there'll be some kind of coaching change. Unfortunately, before anything, I don't if. Because it's just the easiest thing to do. It's exactly yeah. what Jay Caulfield said when we were talking to him. He's like, it's the easiest, easiest move. He says the easiest move. You can't trade guys like that. It's too hard in this league until the trade deadline. Well, and he's like, if you guys hold on to the trade deadline, you guys are going to be just done. If and, I was if I was an assistant coach on this team, if I was anybody on this team that didn't have a no trade clause, I don't think I'd be buying green bananas right now. Yeah, and a lot of people said like, oh, the no trade clause, they're not going to want a team like. If the if supposedly if it's that that bad of a feeling around the team right now, people want out. People will wave it. You can wave to go wherever. I mean, yeah. I'm, and also it, it's not a move that I think general managers should do. And there probably be some kind of grievances filed or who whatever. Um, you can just wave, guys. Yeah, go sit in the minors. Go go ride a bus for a little bit and see how you like it. Yeah, you know, and then how many guys have been sent to the minors in this thing making good money around the league? Yeah. How about Wade Redden sat how many years in the minors? Before he finally got his release, yep, uh, his buyout. So it, it took a while. So I mean, they easily could do that with a lot of guys, and will they? Probably not. Probably not. But, but they need to. So um, we'll see how they do the rest of the year, man. It's it's gonna be rough. So Chris is uh, you'll be uh, you'll be in New York this week. So Chris, I will. Be... I'm leaving Sunday. I'm there through uh, Wednesday. So we'll probably try to do another sadly one. a week too late. Yeah, unfortunately. So. We'll try to um, do another one next weekend and stuff when we can mm-hmm. when Chris gets back. So hopefully some better news report. I know, and the thing is, like as much as I do enjoy doing this with Chris and stuff, but it, it sucks to come here and like uh, like shit talk a team for an hour. Yeah, it's 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 taxing. It's it's, it's hard. I mean, you don't like to do it. I mean, that's no. one of the reasons why I kind of push this off for a couple of days. When every time me and Chris try to get this together, I was like, yeah, let's see how they do tonight. Right. Yeah, let's see how they do tonight. And was not great like it just sucks just it's hard to watch like yeah and that and that's the key is that it's hard to watch because you know the talent this team has and the effort is just not there yeah so we'll wrap it up there for tonight uh, we got a couple of things to bring up at the end here which i want to talk about so uh chris wants to bring up something real quick and then i will roll into something after that yeah two quick things uh number one is we are in the christmas season and if you have a blues fan who has everything and you're trying to figure out what should I, what can I get him? What can I get him? Uh, Tom Calhoun, the PA voice of the blues is on cameo. Uh, cameo is an app or a website for on your phone or on the interwebs. 
where you can hire celebrities to do greetings. And Tom Calhoun will do a regular, hey, greeting, you know, like, hey, you know, Steve, this is Tom Calhoun, Merry Christmas, whatever. He'll also do three stars of the game where you can put your friend or loved one or whatever or yourself in the three stars of the game. He can do a custom goal call where you score a goal or whatever. Um, it's about 35 bucks. And all the proceeds for it go to uh, Be The Cure, which is the foundation uh, that uh, Layla, I can't remember her last name now, uh, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's the foundation that was started with her that helped find a match for rare blood and bone diseases. All the money goes to that. So it's for a good cause and it's very cool. Uh, Tom was kind enough to do a goal call for me. Uh, which is now my voicemail until the day that I die. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's an overtime goal scored by me with assists by Craig Janney and Wayne Gretzky. At, and I told him, you can pick the time and period of your choice. And I don't think it is by accident that he picked 420 of overtime. <laughs> awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to bring that up the, first. Go ahead. The other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, a big thank you to all of you listening who uh, may have been in attendance this past Tuesday at the pageant for the toast of Jeff Burton. It was an amazing night, uh, a lot of good music, a lot of good memories. And I think there was probably as many laughs as there were tears, uh, but it was awesome. And it was great to talk to Jamie Rivers and a lot of other local celebrities and, and sports figures and that that were there to say hey to Jeff. So if you guys were there, thank you for going. Uh, and know that all your money is being uh, spent well uh, between the family and the various charities and things like that. So that's all I got. Yeah, it's going to Kids Rock Cancer is the main one. And then yes. also Jeff's family. So uh, very that was a very cool uh, charity. So uh, yes, so Chris got those out of the way and I'll get mine. So uh and I say lucky, and that's the reason it's my thing. Uh, or lucky Lola's. Mike was able to uh, drop off. I mean, Mike, I don't know why I'm messing that up. But anyway, um, dropped off a bunch of lucky Lola swag. Yes. I got, a, I got a case of Chris's favorite. Yes. We're rubbing our salmon through the winter. Yeah. So, Chris, we got a, uh, some salmon rubs, some sweet jalapeno heat, some shirts, some hats, uh, some beanies. I got a bunch of stuff. So, I will be putting a giveaway out on the interwebs. This weekend, right before the game, probably against Colorado, um, and do a couple of giveaways the next couple of weeks to lead up to Christmas. Uh, just to say big thanks to Overlucky Lola's. Um, I'll throw Rub a couple of our... salmon this Christmas. If you, it's, luckily, this is an audio podcast, not a visual one, because I can't even describe what just came across my screen. So, anyway, yeah. um, now I'm trying to focus. It'll be on the Facebooks, more than likely. Uh, makes it easy that way. And I'll do well, probably one on Facebook, one on Twitter. I didn't realize I had that on the end too, which is ridiculous. So, okay. Anyway. Oh, Guar. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so that will wrap it up there. So you check out the giveaways uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as thank you for listening. So uh, first off, we'll get into that. Lucky Lola's. So jalapeno sweet heat, Chris's yep. favorite, the salmon. Man. Damn. I'm so happy we get to rub our salmon for Christmas. So we got, well, we have some giveaways. So be look out for that. Uh, check them out at Schnooks, Fresh Time. Um, you know, check out their uh, webpage. Check out their socials for recipes and everything else this holiday season. I tried at Thanksgiving, and I forgot to mention this before. So I did the whole um, uh, the smoker out, and I did cream cheese, which people told me that's a really good thing. To get. And then I put the jalapeno sweet heat on top of that, and then crackers. Fantastic. So uh, go ahead and use it for any a bunch of stuff this holiday season. Uh, Next, we will do as do Alter State Comics, Alter State Comics at 671 Big Ben Road in Manchester. Uh, getting close to the holiday season, go get a gift card from there, get some comics, any collectibles. They'll be doing a bunch of giveaways. They had Santos even in the store last week. So go ahead and check them out today. They're open uh, Tuesday through Sunday, um, right before the holiday season. Gets Get all your holiday needs there. Last but not least, our favorite Rockstar Taco tonight was the Jack in the Box Taco. I think that was tonight, if I believe, was the Jack oh, in the Box last Taco. night, last, last night. night, and they sold out in two hours. Yes, so Jack in the Box Tacos was there, and I think they had the slider tacos. I think slider tacos are tonight, the White Castle tacos, which is just as good. So, uh, go ahead and get down down there on Shaw 4916 Shaw, um, Tuesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 10 p. 
p.m. And check out Will and Rebecca. They're awesome. Do some great stuff down there. So we'll wrap it up there for tonight. I know it's a little bit longer one because we haven't really come to you lately, but it feels good to get everything off our chest and get all that out there. Um, Hopefully, a little cathartic for you guys listening to us. Hopefully, we can listen to some wins. I'd rather talk about wins and not complain about things. It's more fun that way. So thanks again for listening. We'll probably listen to you one more time before the holiday season for the holiday hits and uh, talk to you guys. See ya. Come on, take